Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. We've just come out of a lockdown. Um, up until the 4th of December and of course the inter-county travel was only lifted on the 18th uh, so we've only got to recently only the last week or so we've got to you know go from Dublin to Kildare or whatever it happens to be to even have a hotel break or something like that uh, to behave like human beings just for a short brief period uh, and all of a sudden we're going back into another lockdown again because seemingly the last one didn't work didn't make much difference who was it famously said Albert Einstein famously said insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results every time. The government have now said 727 new cases were reported last evening, uh, as 241 people remain in hospital with COVID-19. Now, I want to stress, by the way, the word, the word with, because I know somebody who works in a hospital, and they've told me this. Uh, although the HSE won't give us an answer, we've requested the answer on numerous occasions as to how many people out of the 241 with COVID-19 are actually in hospital because of COVID-19, or are they in hospital for another reason and just happened to test positive? We won't get an answer to that question. Um, sadly, it seems that, yes, certain people do die. It is a, you know, I mean, look, there's no doubt there is a virus out there. I'm not a COVID denier. Uh, but to suggest that every death that we're hearing are people who have died explicitly from COVID-19 would be bizarre because that's not the case at all. Uh, sadly, people are dying with COVID-19 who would have died, sadly, might have been at the end of life. Anyway, the point is keeping lock, locking down society constantly, putting people into poverty, despair, um, we don't know the suicide rates for this year because they haven't been calculated yet by the CSO, but I'm sure we'll get that next year. Um, it doesn't look like they're too much up, but certainly there are people who have taken their lives in this country out of despair. Not only that, people will lose their jobs, uh, their futures, their careers, their businesses. Um, and the people this mainly affects are those in the private sector. And of course, the hospitality industry have been hit the hardest of any. And uh, as we spoke to the LVA last week, and they told us that this at this stage was becoming mental torture for the people in the hospitality sector. When you consider, when you look at the actual results put out by Neffet last week, up until the 28th of the 11th, 2020, the hospitality sector are actually the least guilty when it comes to outbreaks in cases. Uh, the majority of cases happen in private homes, other healthcare facilities, residential institutions and nursing homes. So the point is, do you agree? Do you agree with these restrictions? Are you one of those people who believes it's in the interest of public health and yes, bring it on? Or do you disagree with it and think at this stage it's just becoming torturous as human beings to keep continuing uh, with this lack or of, uh, I suppose, uh, social interaction? Adrian Cummins, by the way, is just after saying that he will close at 3pm on Christmas Eve and this will be reviewed on the 12th of January. This is Adrian Cummins, of course, from the uh, Hotel Federation, as far as I know. All right, now, Restaurant Federation. Let me just go to, if I can, uh, leader of Ain2 Ireland, Pather Tobin, uh, joins me on the line. Good afternoon to you, Pather. Good afternoon to you. Uh, Pader, there's a few things to talk about here. Firstly, there's been complete and utter confusion over the last two or three days over the new strain, inverted commas, even though there's no evidence of a new strain as such as more of a correlation with increases in cases in the southeast of England. Um, then you had Neffet making comments and, you know, I, I mean, this happens every time. Neffet leaks information out or puts information out, who, by the way, are the government body who are uh, given the task of looking after our health rather than the social issues in society. I mean, is this a problem whereby Neffet throw out one thing and the government come back and say, well, we'll have a look at that and then we'll make an announcement. And in the interim, for that two or three days, there's pandemonium. Is this a problem? Yes, it is. Uh, you have, Neffet is a, an arm of the state. The government is an arm of the state. On Sunday last, the government were telling people it is okay to go to restaurants and to go to gastropubs 
uh, if you're careful and if those establishments are run properly. On the same day, Neffert were saying to people, it's not okay that you go to pubs or gas or, or to restaurants and stay at home. Don't go to these uh, um, establishments. And they've been saying the same thing for the last couple of days. So it's it does not make sense at all. We, we also had the have, issue, of course, so that the government, although advising people not to come home for Christmas, were allowing people to come home for Christmas, uh, you know, but, provided they isolated, etc., etc. Whereas Neffet were telling people emphatically, no, you shouldn't come home. So there seems to be uh, absolute, uh, there seems to be a rift. Be, is there a rift between government and Neffet? Well, it's funny because Neffet is a child of the government. The government have created Neffet to advise the, the government in what direction it should take. And so it's an advisory body. The decisions are meant to be made by the elected representatives of the country. Uh, but that really isn't what's, what has been happening because I suppose Neffet has been operating pretty much independently of government uh, over the last uh, number but they of seem months. But they seem to be in charge, it seems now. Well, they do. I, I believe that Neffet is the most uh, powerful organisation in the country at the moment. And if you're a TD, if you're an elected representative of the people and you want to ask uh, Neffet questions currently, you have to go to a journalist, give the journalist the question and ask the journalist to ask Neffet uh, the question so that we can get to the heart of things. Because we don't get a chance to ask Neffet uh, questions or to tease they seem, that, I mean, uh, they do seem to be answerable to nobody. Oh, it's an incredible situation, and, and, and I believe that, you know, probably if you were to speak to government ministers at the moment, they probably regret the uh, system that they've created, but they can't reverse it now, because if they were well, to they did, Well, they now, did try to stick in a kind of subcommittee in between Neffet and the government, but we haven't heard very, very much about that. No, because it, cause in the end of the day, as long as Neffet speak to journalists before they speak to the government, uh, that means Neffet is setting the agenda, and the government is simply following up. And, um, you know, as a result, we have this confusion that's currently here. So literally a couple of days after the doors are open on many of these establishments, Neffet is, is telling people not to go into these establishments. Now, the worry I have in all of this is that the government have taken a phenomenally, uh, what I would say, over-aggressive approach to this particular illness. This is an illness, as you said at the start uh, of your, your piece. And, you know, people are dying from this illness. And I do understand how certain individuals have a very low tolerance uh, with regards to any level of risk in this because some people individually are, are not in good health or some people have many family members who are not in good health and as a result are very, very cautious with regards to uh, this mm-hmm. particular illness. But if you look at the country, there's about a third of the population whose income has probably increased uh, over this period of time. Well, the, well, the public another... sector have not been financially affected. By the way, they, they can't go on holidays. Or they, they obviously have to adhere to restrictions like cinemas and restaurants like everybody else. Sure. But, but they're not, they're, their jobs, their futures are not in jeopardy. They haven't been financially affected, the public sector. Then you also have pensioners who won't be financially affected by it. You also have the unemployed who won't be financially affected by it, apart from the fact that it's more difficult to get a job. Um, but in saying that, the ones that were really being affected badly by this are the private sector and those with their own businesses, those who work in the private sector, retail, everything else. They're the ones who yeah. hit hard. So, so the, 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 the whole idea of we're in, we're in this together it has been rubbish from the start. We're not. Actually, a section of society have increased their savings to record levels uh, since this particular uh, illness has, has come about. But you're right, there's about a third of the population uh, who are phenomenally exposed and are being radically wiped out by this particular illness whose incomes have fallen about 90% uh, due to the restrictions uh, over the last nine to ten months. And, you know, it it is very, very difficult on those individuals. And during the summer, the government said that they were going to live with this illness. And I understood that, that there was going to be 
a certain level of restriction, but also a certain level of toleration of risk. Well, well to, to me, living with a virus, uh, and there's no doubt there's a virus, um, but living with a virus is washing your hands, wear your mask if we have to in public places until we get rid of this virus and then hopefully then get back to some level of normality in relation to that. Um, you know, social distancing to some degree, obviously, where we can and where we can't. And obviously large, you know, gatherings have to be restricted until a such time. That's living with a virus. You know, destroying business, locking everybody down and telling people they can't meet their, you know, their best friend, it, to me, is not living with a virus. That's, that's going against human nature. It's particularly strict. And if you look at the, the, uh, the stats internationally, Ireland is the sixth most restricted country uh, in the whole world, probably the most restricted country in Europe. Um, now, we do have the, the second lowest level of the illness uh, in Europe, only beaten by Iceland, which is obviously hasn't got the same level of, of demographic um, you know, um, well, it's a very isolated country, it, anyway. Exactly. So, so the population. Okay, far but, more but, but I mean, but, but Tony Holohan. I mean, Patter Tony Holohan. Obviously, his words yesterday uh, frightened a lot of people because he talked about the increasing uh, weekly average, uh, seven hundred twenty-seven new cases. Thankfully, no deaths last night, um, and the debt rate doesn't seem to be connected to the case numbers because if we look back over time. You know, when case numbers go up, debts don't really go up as well. And I know there's a two-week lag between the two. So they don't seem to really correlate. And a lot of people are suggesting this is a natural curve, et cetera, et cetera, and that case numbers really shouldn't be what we're dictating public policy on. We should be dictating public policy on how we deal with this in our health service. And our health service is not overwhelmed. It's not overwhelmed. And actually, the WHO, which is very cautious on this, have stated that um, lockdowns should only be brought into place where there's a likelihood that the health service is going to be overwhelmed. And if you look at the ICU figures, thankfully, they have been tipping around 30 for the last four months now. Which is, which is lower, by the way, to point out, is lower than we've had probably for the last five years when it comes to respiratory diseases, including influenza, and, pneumonia, etc., etc. And also, you, you have a situation where the government hasn't even brought into place uh, an et- its escalation level. So it's able to bring about another 150 uh, beds, ICU beds, into play uh, if it needs to. So we're nowhere ne- near being overwhelmed whatsoever. Okay, so, so today's decision, we all get the gist of, m- most people would know at this stage, I mean, the media kind of leaked these things before it even happens. Uh, but okay, so it looks like, um, you know, the hospitality sector are going to be closed from three o'clock on Christmas Eve. Um, and I, I spoke only last week to the LVA who told me that this was uh, mental torture for their members and for their staff and everything else. Uh, it looks like inter-county travel, which was only open back up on the 18th, is going again from Boxing Day. So you'd be no visiting your friends outside the county after that. Um, family gatherings, i.e., you know, people visiting your home will be reduced again. In other words, we're going back into a level five lockdown, literally probably from Stephen's Day. I mean, we've just come out of practically a level five with the exception of the schools being open. And it, it doesn't seem to have made any difference. So is it a case, as Albert Einstein says, keep doing something expecting a different result? Well, to be honest, I think one of the reasons why um, the results weren't achieved from the last level five lockdown was, I think, to be honest, that compliance is reducing every time we have a lockdown. So compliance in March and April was very, very high and brought the numbers right down. I think second time around, people were of the view that, well, listen, this isn't having the same impact, the big impact health-wise that was promised, and also I've got a life to live here, so compliance is less, and as a result, the figures didn't fall to where they were expected to fall. And to be honest, I think it's going to be very, very hard to achieve the same level of compliance on personal behaviour this time around, but what's going to happen is the same level of negative impact is going to happen to people's income. And we're pushing people into poverty at a fierce rate here. We're going to have a 
a, a literally a, a debt rate in this country, which is about 200% um, of GNI, which is basically twice the size of our um, the income that's generated as a nation every year, this debt will exist. And it'll bring people's individual debt. This is the, the national debt individually, which is about €42,000 per person at the moment. It'll bring that up to about €47,000 per person at the moment. And then what you're going to have is you're going to have three to four years of austerity here. You're going to have a replication of what happened in 2011, 2012, and 2013. Because the European Union are going to say, listen, guys, you've got to get your, your, your deficits back at under 3% on an annual basis, which will mean a, a radical reduction in the, the level of spending and a significant in, in, increase well, in the level of tax, which is itself going to push people into fears for the difficulty, which will have its own health uh, effect over the next well, this well, the, the, this eight, well, some economists reckon so far eighty billion. Uh, that's including lost taxes for next year's revenue as well. Obviously, mm-hmm. because rev- taxes for this year will be paid next year. So, some economists believe up to eighty billion that has to be paid back at some stage. Uh, and you know that money doesn't didn't just fall out of the sky. So that has to be paid back, which is going to affect probably the next generation of people living in this country. But in relation to what's happening today, for example, at the cabinet meeting. I mean, there was a time when we had opposition in government, where we had, you know, people who would argue, and I've even seen it actually, uh, last week they had a vote in, in the UK, obviously against Boris Johnson, unfortunately the vote went through, but, but still there were, you know, TDs, MPs who stood up and said, we don't agree with this, we have to look at the social aspect and the social impact of this, because health, by the way, is not just about physical health, it's also about mental health and it's also about social health of society. But are we, are we seeing any opposition, with the exception of yourself and maybe people like Michael McNamara, etc.? Are we seeing much opposition, Pater, to what the government is saying? Well, I would agree with you. I think there's a bubble here uh, between media and between uh, politics. Uh, now, there's a few uh, great exceptions with regard to media and a couple of exceptions uh, with regard to politics. But in the main, most of the, the political media establishment is occupying exactly same, the same space. You know, we in AIM2 are of the, of the strong belief that Ireland doesn't do diversity of views. Um, Ireland has been cursed with groupthink. You know, whether it's 1950s Ireland, where everybody, you know, did exactly the same thing, whether it's the, 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 the crash just before the crash, where everybody believed that house prices were always going to increase and that nothing could go wrong, or now, you know, there isn't space for diversity of views. If you raise a, a, an opposing view, a logical, well-thought-out, researched opposing view, you, if you even say statements like, Leo Radker doesn't believe there's any excess deaths this year, or at least in this well, he, winter. Yeah, and we discussed that with Graham Leary last week, that he actually said it on prime time. He said that on yeah. prime time, exactly. Yeah. And, but even, even saying that sentence, people will kind of look at you and go, God, you must be a conspiracy theorist, because your sentence does not chime with the accepted reality that we, we hear uh, through the media and through the political establishment. But that's, that's, but that's almost like a form of one-sided brainwashing, isn't it? When you when you have a national broadcaster like RT, and I watched the Claire Byrne show last night, and I, actually Dustin the Turkey probably made the most sense on the whole show when he turned around and said, where's Luke O'Neill? He hasn't been on in over eight minutes uh, on RT. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it does suggest to us that there is one side of the debate, and there needs to be the other side of the debate, but we're not hearing the other side of the debate, really, are we? But the only way that you can actually come to the truth is that whatever um, reality that the, the state or the media portray is that you have a, a group of people who are testing and pushing and challenging it with facts, figures, and, and, and science. If you don't allow for that testing by, by the 
by definition, you have an untested um, narrative which then becomes accepted throughout society. And that's one of the reasons why AIM2 actually formed in the first place. It's because we were so sick of the fact that this country has been ruined by, by herd mentality and groupthink for generations. I mean, um, j- j- just finally, finally in relation to it, and of course we're waiting for Michal Martin to make his statement, but it does look like the hospitality sector once again are going to be hit the hardest. They're going to be closing Christmas Eve. When I look at the figures that were given out by the government last week in relation to outbreaks around the country up to week 48, I mean, it does seem like, you know, that particular sector, the, the public houses, the restaurants and cafes, they actually have the lowest rate. One of the lowest rates of outbreaks. I'm looking at restaurant cafes, 42 outbreaks. This is since March, by the way. Public houses, 23. Why we compare that with, say, the private house of 7,123 or residential institutions of 283 or nursing homes of 354? I mean, personal grooming services, i.e. barbers and hairdressers, five outbreaks since March, yet the government are going to close them again. I mean, but, th- th- why? what is the reason for the logic behind I can't go into a restaurant with 10 people sitting down responsibly, maybe getting up to go to the Jacks every now and again, but I can run around pennies because it looks like they're not going to close non-essential uh, retail, but I can run around pennies, you know, lifting up items with thousands of people there. It's, it, it is, there's no sense of whatsoever. And th- at the start of this, the government said, we will be led by science. And Doesn't as seem you say, that way. Science, the science has, has completely indicated that the incidence of this illness is, is happening in most sectors outside of the hospitality sector. Now, there have been some hospitality uh, organisations in the last week or so who, broke who the haven't, rules. haven't been doing it right. But yeah. I, I got my hair cut there a week ago, and the, the barber actually said he rang the HSC to ask them to come out and do um, you know, uh, some kind of a test or some kind of... you know, An assessment of his safety checks. Yeah, Exactly. Yeah. A check, and they're not doing it uh, at, at the moment. So reality would have been that if there were like a, a few small rotten apples in the barrels, the government should tackle that rather than wiping out the whole sector. But if you ask me, the, the government have literally put the weight of this battle on the shoulders of the people. You know, 18 billion euros extra provided in the last budget, and there's been no increase in ICU beds. And ICU beds are where this battle is actually at. Hospital beds is where this battle has been at. You know, nursing homes, that's a, a, another front line of this battle, and yet we know from what happened in the Galway nursing home just in, in October that the HSC still hasn't got its act together with regards to nursing homes. Travel, the illness came into the country on an airplane. You know, right through this whole process, the government hasn't even minded to make sure that people coming into the country, you know, are, are, are you know, adhering to the, the laws. And you have the situation where people are flying into Belfast now and travelling south. Um, well, from, that, well, that's from, a, that's because there's a lack of. Well, I mean, look, look, those two are like two chickens with their heads cut off up there. But there's a lack of communication. I mean, and Robin Swan of the North said, "Why didn't the government of Ireland, uh, i.e., Mihal and Leo, etc., communicate and say, listen, we're going to ba- cancel the flights from tonight at twelve o'clock before they told the general public this? Uh, do you want to do something similar and communicate with them instead of just doing it and then expecting them to react?" There has been no communication. I I, I asked the Taoiseach in the doll how many times has the Taoiseach or his department uh, met with his northern counterparts. Uh, and as of November, it was six uh, times in total since March 21st. Um, that's not a, an island operating together in this. So there is clever things that the government can do to reduce the, the, the incidence of this and to reduce risk. 
But it's not doing that. Instead, it's putting all of the pressure on this battle on the shoulders of the Irish people. And to be honest, many people can't take okay, it anymore. Uh, okay, just, just, I've just got the actual cabinet agreement here. By the way, maybe you haven't heard Jed either, Patter. But just to let people know, people can travel beyond the county until the end of Stevens' day. People allowed to stay where uh, they are at that, at, the, at that point until returning home, but no new inter-county travel after that date. Visits from just one other household are allowed after the 27th. Uh, restaurants and gastropubs to close at 3pm. Travel restrictions from Britain will remain in place until after December the 31st. No household mixing allowed from allowed from January the 1st. Hairdressers to close on Christmas Eve. A number of wedding guests to be reduced to six from January the 2nd. Oh my, that's bad news for a lot of people who booked their weddings. Restrictions to be reviewed on January, January the 12th. So this is with us till at least January the 12th. Worship to move online from the December the 26th. Uh, government to engage with shops not to hold big sale events. In other words, there'll be no January sales. And also hotels will uh, close all non-essential bookings after December the 26th. So if you're booked to go away for the 27th or 28th and it's not essential travel, your hotel is probably going to cancel your booking. It's quite shocking, isn't it? It's absolutely incredible. And again, you know, uh, religious worship there was another sector which was really uh, far down the list with regards to the the incidence of the illness uh, originating from churches or our mosques, our, 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 our synagogues. But you, but you know what the most shocking part of this, Potter, is that I, I told you that, and I'm not, no disrespect to you, but you should know that before everybody else. Absolutely. But no, it's okay. like there's, there's no communication happening here uh, from the government to the opposition parties. Um, there's, this is, on the hoof, yo-yo politics. This is basically the government deciding the future uh, as far as they can see for seven to ten days. After that, they have absolutely no plan to this whatsoever. And, well, um, it's certainly after the 12th, anyway, because they're, they're not going to change anything up until the 12th of January, so people are we're kind of stuck with this till the 12th. Listen, Padre, I've got time. We will keep fighting this. Absolutely. Padre, listen, thank you very much indeed. Ain't choose Padre, Toby, and thank you very much for coming on the air. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits.